Hi, this is Mia Quinn, and you're listening to Sustainably Speaking. Today, I'm joined by Rob Ritz from Amp Robotics and my colleague, Craig Cookson. In this episode, we're going to talk to both Rob and Craig about the role that innovation is playing in improving plastics recycling and how that's reducing the amount of material that goes to landfill. Craig, thanks for being here with me today. Before we dig into my conversation with Rob Ritz from AMP, I want to set the stage with you. What's the state of recycling look like today? So every day we use different types of products and packaging. We have aluminum cans and steel cans. We drink milk from cartons and bottles. We have soda or water, laundry detergent, milk jugs. We read a newspaper, maybe some still do, get uh, deliveries and boxes. And so what happens to all that material or that packaging after it's been used? Most communities in the United States have something called single stream recycling, which simplifies recycling for the consumer. So you take all those materials, you put them into one bin, a truck comes down the road, it picks up those materials, and then it brings them to what's called a materials recovery facility. And at that facility, they'll then sort that material into individual commodity streams. So they'll form a newspaper bale, a cardboard bale, a bale of milk jugs, a bale of your pigmented detergent bottles that come in different colors, of course, red and blue and orange and yellow. They'll form bales of aluminum cans and steel cans. And then those become new raw materials for the production of new products and packaging again. And that helps us displace the need for mining or drilling or cutting down trees, you know, it's using virgin resources again. So if you put a soda bottle, a water bottle, a detergent bottle, a milk jug in the bin, it's going to go to one of these materials recovery facilities and get recycled. It's going to get sorted out and it'll go to what's called a reclaimer. And then they'll take that and produce new plastic again. They'll go into all sorts of different products. A lot of it is going to fleece jackets, carpet, park benches, railroad ties, and displace the use of virgin plastics. Where we can do better in this country is number one, how can we sort all the plastics and other materials that right now don't get commonly recycled? Reducing the amount of material that ends up in landfills is so important to everybody. I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's critical to the health of our planet, to us, our kids. How does technology help with that? And what sort of recycling innovations are helping? So, you know, right now we have a fairly linear economy where we drill for natural gas and oil, and we take those raw materials and we produce plastics. And then for the most part, we've been taking those plastics and putting them in landfill, as you mentioned. But we have a much greater opportunity to take those plastics back and remake plastics again that are just as good as those virgin plastics. But it's going to take more innovation and more technology, because as we know, plastics play a really important role in a lower carbon economy. And so how we use innovation and technology to better sort those plastics and get them into a plastic forms that can be used will help us keep those plastics out of landfill, and then we'll drill for less oil and natural gas. Let's talk about robotics and how they are making recycling even more efficient and better. Sure. So in the U.S. right now, we do a, a fairly good job of recycling our plastic bottles, our soda bottles, our water bottles, our detergent bottles, milk jugs. What we aren't doing a great job at recycling is everything else our pouches, our films, our tubes, small format packaging, 
a mix of plastics that right now, if you put them in your recycling bin, they're not going to get recycled. And so where robotics and advanced sortation can help us is taking this mix of plastics and making it into a suitable raw material that can be used in the remanufacturing of new plastics again through advanced recycling. So I imagine sorting all of like the plastic in a recycling facility from each other and then from other materials, you know, metals and glass must be extremely tedious and not particularly fast. How do robots help with that? Yeah, many materials recovery facilities actually are fairly well automated. Recycle a, a core mix of materials, cardboard, newspaper, and then aluminum and steel cans and some glass. But it's how we use technology to recycle everything else. The two-dimensional films and pouches and other smaller types of plastics that aren't getting recycled now. So using technology can help us better identify what those materials are and then get them into the right commodity stream. So that's the future that we're looking at, but it's gonna take better sortation, technology, robotics to help us get there. One of the innovations that's helping us better identify and sort plastics is robotics. It's a really sophisticated technology that marries robots, cloud, and artificial intelligence to build efficiencies during the sorting process. Craig, we're gonna hear from you again in a few moments. But first, I want to introduce Rob Ritz from Amp Robotics. Thanks, Mia. My name is Rob Ritz. I'm the Director of Industry Development and the Partnerships at Amp Robotics. And my focus is working across the value chain of recycling on how we collect more material, how we create more value out of that in the sorting process, create new products with it. Rob, tell us a little bit about, you know, who's buying these robots and why are they buying them? So material recovery facilities are our customers. These facilities incur high residue loss and continuous challenges to ensure the quality of the product they produce. And this really affects and erodes the value. So they often suffer from poor material output and they're not necessarily able to operate in an efficient manner. So our robots are deployed into their sorting plastics and other materials and doubles to triples the amount of objects that they can move per minute. So a robot comes in and sorts at 80 to 120 times per minute at a 90% plus accuracy rate. Gosh, that must result in just tons more of material being able to be recycled a year. Yeah, that's right. It also results in a decrease in the amount of material that may be leaving these facilities and going to landfill as well. Oh. Uh, because the more you can capture there, the less it ultimately may go out to the landfill. Craig, in listening to Rob, I'm struck by how challenging it is for these material recovery facilities to efficiently sort materials and how automating that step of the process dramatically increases the output of recyclable materials. But wait, what kind of materials are we talking about here? I'm a big fan of beef jerky, but those come in, in plastic packaging that right now doesn't get recycled. So normally we end up throwing those away. So those are the type of plastics that someday hopefully will get recycled. But you mean we don't have the technology to sort them quite yet, right? Yes. We can break them down. If we can get them to an advanced recycling facility, we can use technology to break those back down to their basic chemical components that can be made into new plastics again. But it's how we recycle and recover those right now. So your coffee lid, your, your pouch of beef jerky or granola, Unfortunately, very hard to sort that right now. So that's where robotics plays a, 
a very important piece. You know, over 400 companies have committed globally to have much higher recycled plastic in their products and packaging. That's where we're seeing major financial institutions think about how they invest in a circular economy. So to your point, Liam actually was like, mom, plastic overwrap. And he was like, I, I can't put this in the recycling. Is that right? I said, yeah, but you can put it in the bag that we take to the grocery store to recycle where we drop off like our bags and our like plastic overwrap. And he's like, I don't get it. Why can't they just take that curbside? And is it because the sortation isn't quite there yet, Craig? But like you could recycle it. Like when you take it to the grocery store, somehow they're getting it recycled. Yeah, it's a good question. So materials recovery facilities are pretty good at recycling your laundry bottle or your plastic water bottles, aluminum cans, things like that. But the films and the pouches are tough. Two-dimensional, sometimes they act like paper, they get wrapped around the machinery. It's tough to take these plastics that might be made of different types and turn them into a raw material to be made into new plastics again. So that's the promise of robotics in this space. Gonna help us recycle a lot more. I wanna to return to my conversation with Rob to learn more about how the technology works. Robots use compressed air to pick up the material and place it. And they do use internet as well because they are connected to our cloud systems to obtain data that we've extracted from all of our fleets of robots to train the brain and keep improving its recognition capabilities. So the advantage of that for our customers is that the more robots we deploy, the smarter the system gets. So it sees billions and billions of objects per year. And so the more it sees, the more it learns and the better it gets at interpreting these objects and patterns that it obtains through our video. So the robots know what to pull for the advanced recyclers. That's right. They have requirements just like everyone else. They have their recipe and the robot is not losing its knowledge just like a human sorter would if they left the job. The robot is built up on this library of years of ingestion of data and our customers are able to say, I want you to collect these specific materials for this type of customer at this moment in time. And they're flexible and adaptable to change. So where do you see the recycling industry headed in the next, I don't know, five years, 10 years and beyond? So for us, we see a really interesting evolution in plastics recycling. What's happening now is there are a lot of demands to incorporate post-consumer plastics into their packaging. And so they are driving changes into how we recycle, how we sort, and how we actually break that material down. And those kinds of demands really extend into how plastic recycling is broken into something that's used for food or not for food because that really relates to FDA requirements and what you can do with recycled resin. They need that type of data and information about these objects. So the post-consumer content requirements are driving a lot of innovation in both the sorting as well as the production of the resins as well. And finally, we're seeing a lot of interest again in how to capture and recycle plastic bags and film as well. Craig, I want to bring you back in and get your reaction to what Rob just described. The robots are not only built on sophisticated networks that can get smarter with time, but the technology is unlocking new categories within advanced recycling. 
as Rob said, I think it's amazing that the robots become progressively smarter, that they see different things and that helps them make better decisions in the future. As human beings, that's difficult, right? I mean, I like to play Jeopardy every night at 7.30, get on my couch after a long day and I'll shout out the answers when I know them. Sometimes I'm watching and I'm like, geez, am I, am I getting smarter? Have I learned anything? Or am I forgetting things that I learned back in high school and college? So it's amazing that these robots can learn more and more, and that's going to make them better at sorting. And it progressively gets better. That's, that's exciting for innovation in this industry. AMP has received outside investment from leading venture capital firms like Google Ventures and Sequoia Ventures. Craig, can you talk a little bit about the investment climate for recycling innovation? There's a lot of material right now that we are sending to landfill and investors, private equity and venture capitalists and banks and others are seeing this opportunity. Our members at the American Chemistry Council and others have committed or announced over $7 billion in investments since 2018, mainly in advanced recycling. So let's look at the trends around the world. Over 400 companies, major global corporations have committed much higher amounts of recycled plastic in their packaging and products. It's gonna take a tremendous amount of investment for the Procter and Gambles and the Unilevers and the Crafts and the Pepsis and others to reach those goals. We need better collection systems. We need better sortation. We need better technology to take the plastics back into their basic raw materials again, to be rebuilt into new products. So that's what we're seeing from investors is an interest in this. How can they see a trend and then invest in that? We're seeing companies like Waste Management, a company that's made their money through landfills and materials recovery facilities. They invested in Vanguard Innovate, get more involved in plastics recycling. So investors and companies and the, the banks that sort of finance this are seeing the opportunity both here in the United States and globally. There's just like so much more demand for recycled content and all these brands need it. Talk about a little bit brands that have announced commitments like this and wh what are we seeing more and more that's going to get made from recycled plastic? Yeah, we're tracking different product announcements. I mean, Wendy's has committed that their drink cups are going to be made with 20% recycled plastics. And the way they can do that is through advanced recycling, but they're going to need the plastic raw material to be able to do that. And that's where innovation and the sortation side is going to come in. Who doesn't like ice cream? Unilever's Magnum ice cream. Mondelez has committed to using recycled plastics in their iconic Philadelphia cream cheese. Eastman is working with a Italian company called Cefillo that makes glasses for Under Armour, sort of the polarized lenses in their sunglasses that will be made from recycled plastics. So there's a lot of cool innovations out there that we might not be aware of, but those are a few. There's a whole economy forming around advanced recycling, and companies like AMP are playing a huge role in driving that innovation. What I love about this is that it's not just good for the earth and our collective efforts to improve sustainability, but it seems to also be good for business. Innovation and, and productivity in our economy often lead to new job creation. And we're, we're talking about creating value out of something that doesn't have value right now. So there's a whole, as Rob described, he's got a whole business that's based upon sorting plastics that have been hard to recycle and hard to sort for a long time now. Closed Loop Partners, a New York-based investment firm, 
estimated the advanced recycling opportunity in the US and Canada at $120 billion. We always need to embrace innovation. And then hopefully we can export this technology and the innovation to other areas of the world and help them recycle plastics much better. Where do you see plastics recycling in the next five to 10 years? I'm really excited about next five to 10 years. That's when I think everything's gonna come together. We've come together on policy in a lot of ways over the last couple of years. There's a lot of interest in innovation. We're seeing announced investments around advanced recycling, but then also on the sortation side through AMP and others. And so I think in the next five to 10 years, you're going to see all this coalesce so that when you're sitting around and you're eating your bag of potato chips or your beef jerky or your snack mix, when you're using hand cream out of a tube, you're drinking from a, a coffee cup with a plastic lid, that stuff is going to be able to go into the bin in a way that it hasn't before and will get sorted out and turn into new plastics again. And those plastics will go back into food and pharmaceutical contact plastics so that you'll be eating your beef jerky or your snack mix or your potato chips out of plastic that was recycled. So that's that's what I see is this really all, all coming together, the policy, the investments, the innovation, and the technology to really ramp this up over the next five to 10 years. Craig, being my next door neighbor in the office, it's always fun to talk and it's fun to talk now being recorded. So thanks for joining me. This was really interesting and I appreciated your take on all of this. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity, Mia. It's always fun to talk about snacks on a Sunday watching the Patriots when you're watching the Denver Broncos or the <laughs> Colorado Av Avalanche and I'm thinking about the Bruins and the Celtics and the Pats and the Red Sox. So um, always fun to, to chat recycling, but also keep up friendly rivalry uh, when it comes to our sports teams too. If only either of ours were good right now. Thanks, Craig. That's true. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sustainably Speaking. And of course, thank you, our listeners, for sustainably speaking with us today. If you like what you're hearing, share this episode and stay tuned for more. We'll be back in your podcast feeds with a new episode next month.